Well, welcome to our brand new series called This Is Us. And over the next eight weeks, we are going to take an in-depth look at who we are by looking at our core values. Our values are interesting because our values are what determine what we do in life. What we value determines our direction. If we value education, then we're going to pursue knowledge and courses and certifications and degrees. We're going to take adult learning classes. We're going to keep pursuing knowledge. We are going to try and get more and more and more information. If we value entertainment, then we're going to subscribe to every streaming service there is so that we can watch and consume all of the programming that we can. We'll organize uh, days where you just binge watch all of the programming that you can to uh, catch up on a series or a season. If you value music, maybe you value playing music if you have the skill and the gift Or maybe you love listening to music. You'll prioritize going to concerts, grabbing albums as soon as they are released, maybe even buying vinyl if you're an avid collector. If you're a fan of gardening, then you'll help us take care of the church exterior. I'm just kidding. No, if you are a fan of gardening, then you'll be out on on hot days and cool days. You'll be in the crowds at the garden factory or wherever you buy your plants. And you'll be out there making sure that you have all of the things ready. If you value fishing, then you'll get up earlier than the sun. And you'll grab your gear and head out the door. And your family won't see you for most of the day while you're gone and you've got your line in the water. If you value sports, like today, kickoff Sunday, then this afternoon, you are going to unwind and let the rest of the day disappear with watching every game that you possibly can on the television. Or if you're a baseball fan like myself, you'll watch the the pennant races uh, and the race for the playoffs in, in this time of year. It is a great time to be a sports fan. My point is... Whatever you value, those are the things that you prioritize with your time, with your resources, in your relationships. Now, that's just a normal truth for everyone, right? Say amen. Amen. I'm going to try that again. That's just a normal truth for everyone. Say amen. That's true. Now, why we value certain things in those categories comes from a desire to gain something of value. The reason why we value certain sports over other sports or certain kinds of music or certain kinds of gardening or certain kinds of fishing or certain kinds of education is because they bring us joy and pleasure and fulfillment and satisfaction. Not everything in those categories does that. So what I mean by that is that the things that we value must add value to our lives or otherwise we won't continue them very long. For example, we don't just exercise because we value health, because sometimes the path to exercise is a chore and it's tedious, so we find things that we enjoy doing. It might be swimming, it might be lifting weights, it might be playing competitive sports, it might be rock climbing, could be whatever you want it to be. And the things that you enjoy 
bringing value to your life, that's what teaches you to value them, is also true for your spiritual life. It's true for your life spiritually. It's true for church life as well. You choose to value a church because that church adds value to you. Otherwise, you don't stay very long. You don't stick around very long if that church doesn't add value to you. So what we're doing over the next eight weeks is we are talking about the core values of our church to see if that resonates with you, to see if that adds value to you. So where do we begin? Where do we start? I mean, if we're honest, just think of how the church service has unfolded just so far. What did we start with first? What was the first thing we did? Sang a song. We sang a song that was kind of to help people uh, gravitate their attention, move from, hey, this has been my morning so far, and here's my plan for the day and the week and all the things that we got going on. It's kind of refocus our attention. But then what's the next thing we did? Asked you to greet some people. Asked you to say hello and chat. And then after that, we gave you all the stuff that's happening, right? We gave you the announcement time. Now, is that something that you ultimately value, that you find, gosh, I needed that for my life and my spiritual development today? No, absolutely not. Nobody goes, man, you've got to come to Trinity Alliance Church. They've got the best announcements, right? Nobody does that. But as a church... We often talk about all the good things we have to offer. Today might be one of those days. You might be here just solely because I'm in it for the pizza. That's why I'm here. Saw your sign. Saw your Facebook ad. Somebody invited me. I'm just here to stick around for some, for some free pizza, and then I'm gone. If that's what you value, then you came to the right place today because we've got some amazing pizza coming. But that's not the real us. We don't want to be the church that's known as the great place to have pizza, right? Let's try that again. That was a little, that was a little sh- slow, so we'll try this again. We don't want to be known as the place where, man, Trinity's the best place to get pizza. That's right. But if you look at our website... We're promoting all sorts of activities and all sorts of things for you to get involved in. We have TAC kids. We have groups. We have missions. We have outreach events. We have Sunday services. But even those things are not the real us. We need to start at the core of who we are. And the core of who we are is best imaged in the picture of a wheel. You see, what we do are the spokes of a wheel. But there's something at the hub, at the center, that drives who we are. And the core of who we are is not answered by what, but by who. The core of who we are as a church is found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's who we are. You see, our purpose as a church is to connect people, not to pizza, not to Sunday morning, 
not to groups, not to TAC kids, not to youth group, not to missions. It's to connect people to Jesus Christ and help them grow together in a caring community towards Jesus Christ. I'll be honest, like full disclosure, I'd love to see more people become aware that Trinity exists. Let's face it, um, I was joking with someone on the phone yesterday having a chat with them and I was saying, I'm kind of convinced that Trinity Alliance is the best kept secret in Gates. <laughs> that people drive by and they see a road sign, they see a cross and they go, I think that's there, but there's like two other churches just down that way and then another couple of churches over this way. And then if you go down Lyle Road, there's about three or five churches uh, just right side by side each other and they have all the different types of options of where you can go to church. We'd love to just kind of rise above that and have more people become aware that we're here. That'd be fun. I'd love to see that. And I'd love to see that translate into more people attending Trinity, right? I mean, Josh, go to the, the full screen of the room for a second. And for those of you watching online, we've got space. We've got space for you. You may not think that you have space at your particular couch, but there's even space online for people to come and participate. We would love to see more people attend what we do. We've got room. And when we're full, then we go to another service and we add one on. And then when that's full, we go to another service and on and on and on until we start figuring out, gosh, now we've got a totally different problem. What do we do? I would love to see more people attend. We'd love to see more people engage at Trinity. Love to see more people getting into a group. We'd love to see more people giving. We'd love to see more people serving and we'd love to see more people inviting, not just showing up, but saying, hey, I want to tell you about the best kept secret in Gates. I want you to come with me. I want you to watch with me. I want you to participate with me online. But I'll be honest, if that's our focus, then we are not adding value to your life. We are not making your life better. We are making your life busy. So we're coming back to the core by remembering that all of the ministries that we do are not the end goal, but they are means to an end. We think they are the most critical things that you need in your life in order to connect to the core that we promote the most. That is the person of Jesus, because we want to help you connect to Jesus. We want to help you grow together with others to be like him. It's all about Jesus at our church. And that's not just a promotional tag. Jesus is the center of our church because Jesus is the center of life itself. 
If you've got a Bible with you, turn with me in them to Colossians chapter 1. In just a few moments, we're going to have the verses up on the screen for you. We're going to start at verse 15. But while you're turning there or, or while you're grabbing your Bible, let me just give you some background to this, this book called Colossians. It was a book written by a church planner named Paul who wrote it to a city of, of, called Colossae, hence the Colossian letter. And he wrote it because the, a person or a particular group of people had arrived claiming that they had special spiritual insights into what it meant to be Christian. They all involved things like, this is what you have to give up in order to be a Christian. Or you had to participate in these activities. You had to go to church, don't eat certain things. You had to have special visions. Uh, You had to abstain from certain activities and culture. And so Paul's writing this letter that... He wants to demonstrate to the Colossians that this was just a philosophy. It was not real faith. And it was ultimately useless for this reason. People are not saved because of an activity in their life. People are saved because of a relationship. They're saved through a relationship. And that is the gospel, which simply is a word that means Good news. That's the good news. You don't have to do or earn anything. You just develop a relationship. And as a matter of fact, Paul would say it like this. The sun is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blame, without blemish and fear from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Jesus isn't just at the core of our church because of a marketing gimmick. And Jesus just isn't at the core of who you are as a Christian because that's what saves you. Jesus is at the core of who you are because that is who he is. He is at the core of everything. He is supreme. There is no one greater, no one higher, no one who is before him. He has no competitors. And that is why we want to connect you to Jesus Christ. Not connect you to a program, not connect you to a group. We want to do those things so that you connect to Jesus. He had no competitors. 
Jesus is first because he's God. He is first because he started everything and maintains everything. Whether that's creation, whether that's the church, or whether that's being just the first to be resurrected. He did it all. He did it first. It's all because of him. And Jesus brought peace between us and God. Two enemies. And now we are his friends. We are his family. We are his children. That is the death of Jesus and what it has accomplished for you and me. The core of the gospel is this. That nothing, nothing that we can do, nothing that we can provide, no act that we do and no act that you do, nothing that you can provide, no uh, habit that you can form, that will add more value to your life than a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what will bring you purpose. That is what will bring you hope. The core of the gospel is that nothing can add more value to your life than Jesus. Because Jesus is at the core, the center, the fulfillment of all life. So how do we experience Jesus in our lives? Well, our church is part of a denomination called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. It was founded around 125 years ago, just a little bit more uh, than that, uh, by a man named A.B. Simpson, who experienced Jesus in such a way he wanted to help others experience that in the same way. And he developed what we've uh, come to know as the alliance distinctives of our DNA, the, the defining experience of what it means to know Jesus personally and to have faith in that gospel. We call it the fourfold gospel. And the fourfold gospel is simply these four points that Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our Savior. We read in Acts 4.12 that salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. That Jesus only is our salvation. And the interesting part about this particular verse is that in its context, here we have Jesus' followers on trial for heresy because they had been preaching Jesus. And they're standing before the religious rulers, the religious elites, and they say directly to them that reality. There is no other name given to us by which we must be saved. It's Jesus only, not Moses, not the law. Those things are great, but they do not save. Only Jesus saves. And the reason they had that confidence, the reason they had that confidence was because they knew what they had seen. They knew what they had actually witnessed. They saw him physically die. They ran because they thought it was over. And three days later, he showed up and said, not so fast, guys, you're not done. And that began their faith. They saw that God was the one who raised him from the dead. No matter what man tried to do to Jesus, God said, not so fast, he's not done. That's the God that we have. They were witnesses to this event. And that is what God is doing. All around the world, God is bringing awareness of the gospel of Jesus. That anyone who puts their faith in him can be saved, even you and I. 
Because God wants to produce something in us. He wants us to change. He wants us to become holy. Which is why the second point of the fourfold gospel is this. is Not only is Jesus our savior, but that Jesus is our sanctifier. It is because of him, 1 Corinthians 1 says. It is because of him, because of God, that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. What does it mean that Jesus has become our wisdom? Jesus is teaching us how to live. And how not just to have eternal life, but life that is abundant now. And life that is full. A life that is full of a relationship with him. Not because God is just blessing us and giving us stuff. But because he is transforming us. Making us to be like Jesus. Making us to be full of grace and truth. So that when we shine our light, the light of Jesus through us, around us, into the darkest parts of the world, people see us, see our good deeds, and glorify God, glorify Jesus in heaven. That's God's plan. God's plan is not just to save you and then leave you like a kite in the wind that's flapping around that you just got to get to heaven. He wants to transform you into the best possible person that you can be in Jesus Christ by becoming like Jesus Christ. He's wiser than us. He's God. He is first. He is preeminent. He is supreme. And it is possible because of Jesus that anyone can be transformed like this no matter how life has started for them. Isn't that amazing news? That is something that no matter what has happened to you, no matter what has been done in your life, anyone can be transformed, regardless of their starting point. Now, I want to be clear, that doesn't mean that God's just going to come and dictate what we can and cannot do. Because the third phrase in the fourfold gospel is, that Jesus is our healer, Jesus is our savior, Jesus is our sanctifier, but Jesus is our healer. And we read in James 5, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Just a few weeks ago, we talked about the fact that Jesus has the power to heal supernaturally and that he's doing that today. Just to kind of recap this, I want to share with you some thoughts from my friends at Crosstalk Global. They do a podcast every week on Friday mornings and way back in December we were discussing this verse and, or the team was discussing this verse, and they, they noted this. The good news is, is that while God's people might not always have money, they have a heavenly Father who cares for them. They have a God who can meet their physical and spiritual needs. Not because I'm here to change you, but because He cares because he loves you and he wants to help you. 
And I've seen this in my studies, in my time as a pastor. I've seen it in Scripture. I've seen it around the world. I've heard stories both personally and I've read stories that have been given to me of people who have experienced incredible physical healing that would not be possible unless Jesus did something himself. And that means something for you and I. That God notices when you're ill. God notices when you're struggling physically and you can go to him when you are not well. There is a catch. God is not obligated to heal. God chooses to heal. And while one of the things we can know is that when God sometimes doesn't heal physically, he has a a motive in mind that is even better than what we were seeking in the first place. While God freely provides for the needs of his children, sometimes, not every time, God allows sickness into our lives because he's trying to get our attention. There's some sin that we've grown accustomed to, something that we refuse to deal with in our lives. And that is the, sort of the nature of the problem of pain and suffering. I think C.S. Lewis said it well in his book, The Problem of Pain. Pain is something that insists on being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to an otherwise deaf world. And there are times... James says, who wrote this letter, where illness is the only way that God can slow us down and force us to ask, God, what's your purpose and what's your plan in this? As hard as it is to believe, our sin is more serious than our physical illnesses. Our physical illnesses can interrupt our life, but sin can kill our very soul. And God will use that as a tool to bring us back to him. As we bring our illnesses to him, he has the power to heal. As we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of unrighteousness. All because of Jesus. Jesus cares. And even better, Jesus can. Jesus is our Savior, Jesus is our Sanctifier, and Jesus is our Healer. But there's one more, because I said it was a fourfold gospel, not a threefold gospel, and that's Jesus is our coming King. At the end of uh, Jesus' life, he had ascended into heaven, and the disciples were just there watching Jesus go into the cloud. And then some angels showed up, stood beside them. Uh, Men of Galilee, they said. The angels said, what, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. 
At that time, those disciples were asking, Lord, you've ascended, you've risen from the dead. Is now when you are going to restore the kingdom? Not after he said, actually, you have a job to do. Go into your Jerusalem, your Judea, your Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, go into your communities, go into the places where you want to go into your communities, go to the people that you don't really like, and go all over the world and tell them I'm coming. Tell them the king is coming. In other words, surrender your life to him and prepare for his return. Jesus is our savior. Let's say it together. Jesus is our savior. Jesus Christ is our Keep going. At the core of us is Jesus. At the core of us is Jesus. At this church, do we have it all together? (laughs) No. We're still learning. But we're growing together. We're not growing because we want to have a full church service. We're not growing because we want to have dozens of people in groups all across the city. We're not growing because we want to have a full-tack kids ministry. We're not growing because we want to have a full-tack youth group ministry. We're not growing because we want a giant missions ministry. No, we do those things because we want to have Jesus at the core of our lives. That's why we do what we do. What about you? If Jesus is truly supreme, then he is worth putting at the core of your life. He is worth trying. He is worth tasting and seeing to see if Jesus can be your savior. Jesus can be your sanctifier. Jesus can be your healer. And Jesus can be your coming king. What steps do you need to take toward Jesus today to put him at the core of who you are? Let me give you a couple of suggestions. The first is, do you need to commit to investigating Jesus? If you're not a Christian and you've uh, come to church and you're just, like I said, you're just here for pizza, I congratulate that. That's honest. I love that. And you're just thinking, well, maybe I do need to check out for myself. Can I applaud you for that? If you make that decision, I want to encourage you to do that. And we'd love to help you investigate Jesus. We'd love to help answer any questions that you can have. Uh, On our website, you can find uh, information where you can contact me personally uh, from our contact page. Uh, You can go right there and just send an email. I'd love to meet for coffee. I'd love to meet for more pizza. And we can have some discussions on, hey, help me understand. Help me investigate Jesus. I'd love a chance uh, to do that with you. And our church would love a chance to do that with you. So would you commit to investigating? Or maybe today's your day where you've said, I know enough. I'm not completely sure, 
But I'm convinced that there is no one higher, no one greater than Jesus, and I'm surrendering my life to him today. You can commit to faith. And I applaud you if you are interested in doing that. Or perhaps your next step is to commit to this church and commit to the purpose of this church to connect people to Jesus and to grow in a caring community. If you would like to take that next step of commitment, whether it's investigating or faith or, or to our church, we'd love to help you. And on your seat in front of you uh, or our hosts in chat are linking you again to our Connect card. You can fill that out online. You can fill that out right here. And you can drop that off in the offering plate as you go. If you're a guest with us, uh, I would encourage you to take that card and to leave it at the desk out in our foyer, out in our lobby. Because if you hand it in there and it's your first time here or second time here, we've got a coffee mug full of candy just for you. Say amen. I don't believe you. Uh, We've got a coffee mug full of candy just for you. Say amen. Amen. If you would like that, just drop off that card uh, out at the uh, desk in our church lobby. But fill that card out. Even if you've been a long time attender, a member of our church, and you're ready to take the next step of commitment, we want to help you. At the core of us is Jesus. May he be at the core of all of our lives.